Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 33. I'm not going to be able to go very long today. We have a lot going on here, and tonight we're going to try our first Skype or some kind of live meeting so that we all can be together in the tribe, and to do all that, plus cook dinner and do this, it's going to be a little bit of a push for me. For any of y'all keeping up with what's going on in my garden... And we've already reviewed that the beans and the corn are all up and the peppers and tomatoes and all other nightshades are growing like seedlings. And then our cucumber came up. So that was really exciting. I don't really call them cucumbers. I call them pickles. So all of my pickles came up and that's what I intend to do with those suckers. So that's really good. And then we have some sad news. And that is that the rooster you are always hearing on the podcast, he's alive. He's good. Um, He's with him some new ladies, but he's no longer here. He had gotten so uppity and so pushy and so downright vicious that my husband and I could not handle him anymore. In fact, my husband had told me, if it comes down to it, you're going to walk out there one day and there's going to be an apology to you because it's going to be him or me. And I should have known. I should have done my research, y'all, that Morans can be, well, dickheads, honestly. And he was hand-raised by me. I loved him, but I don't want to be flogged by such a long talon. So I have a friend I work with. Just, you know, we trade chickens back and forth, and she's got a proper business, and it's kind of becoming the chicken queen empire or whatever, and I'm sort of a silent partner, and I just do a little bit here and there, make a little bit of money, just enough for feed in the way of eggs and baby chicks, and she has a big old place that he could go, and we didn't want to give up such a wonderful Moran producer. So with much tears and a little bit of heartbreak, we sent his big ass out there. And so now he's going to get to be out with the cows and the other chickens. He's got a couple of new girls. He's going to be able to run more freely. And so overall, that does make me feel better. And his crow will always be the crow on this podcast and in my heart. And I'm also going to get some babies out of him from over there, so... It put me in the mind of something I go through quite a lot in my life where something really yucky happens, something usually more ominous than a rooster going evil on you. That's normal. It just made me think it through because right before I had to do this, my chicken friend gave me two little baby chicks that were Ericanas, and one of them looked like it might be a boy. And I knew I was going to have to get rid of him. But Ericana roos were my first rooster. Ericanas were my first chickens, and they are just precious to me. At least I was lucky. And so I hated I was going to have to get rid of him, but I sure do miss my blue eggs. So I started thinking about it, and I thought, well, this is better for the rooster. He got to go somewhere else and have more land. And now this little Ericana can grow up 
and be the big dog out here. So in the end, it does work out. And I know it's a huge leap, but you know, that's the way my mind works. I started thinking about when someone was really ugly to me and attacked me in some sort of way, some sort of overt, over-the-top, cruel way, and what I've lost before. And then I think about how that usually opens a door for me where I gain more than a lost. You know, it's not always the case, but it seems to me that when we're unduly attacked by some kind of force that may it be a bad friend, may it be just bad luck, whatever. If we really have not, I don't know, been guilty enough for that kind of hit, I've just noticed blessings coming with something like that. Now, of course, first you suffer and you hurt and you go through this long, deep valley you don't think you're ever going to get out of. But it's a very Job-like situation, if you know what I mean. Here's another situation that's just happened, actually. We have a, a real mean old neighbor. And I mean, he's mean. Mean as fire. Just honestly, an old racist dog spit of a man. And he was very unhappy. And from the moment we moved in out here in 2012, he has been 100% shitty to us. On the first day we moved out here, he walked out and he said, You see that magnolia tree? And we were like, yeah. And we thought we were going to get a cool story or a welcome of some sort. No. He said, that's mine. Don't touch it. And then walked off. So it's been lovely dealing with him. And he had started taking to stomping around on our property. Now, he claimed that he thought it was his property. And we're talking about the difference in like a foot or two. So none of us really lost our marbles over the whole thing. You know, if he wanted to walk around, he could walk around a little bit. I didn't like it because he would kind of threaten my dog. And because he was so particular about the boundary, but he was on my boundary. And he started doing all this when we put up the high tunnel. And the high tunnel couldn't be farther away from his property. And he walked over one day and he was all worried that we were putting that high tunnel up on somebody else's property out here. Honestly, I think he didn't like me because a long time ago, he made mention to some of the neighbors that I was having me some, well, he meant black people, but he didn't use that word out here to my house. And yes, I was having my black friends out here to the house. And I think that really made him mad. Anyway, what matters here is that he continued to stomp about. And then we put up another chicken coop, and we don't put up crappy old fallen down chicken coops. My husband has put up steel chicken coops. Metal, steel, hardware mesh, nothing's getting in. We call them the shark cage. And I think he wanted us to take them down. Now, he lives about an acre and a half back from our property line. But he's just a nosy piece of old you-know-what. And so one day I went out there, just recently, and he was stomping around on my garlic and had his hand on my chicken coops with another man. And I walked out there and I said, can I help you? And he said that he was having his line surveyed. Now, we'd already had it surveyed. We had sent him the PDF of that survey to try to calm him down. He wouldn't stop. And y'all, there's no telling what this man wasted on a land survey. 
I know that in 2013, I think it was, ours was either almost 800 or was 800. And that was a long time ago. So anyhow, he wanted to prove that we were going to have to move something off his property line. And it turns out that our survey was correct. You know, the one that's filed with the county courthouse. And that he couldn't have our chicken coops. And that, I think, really made him, well, ornery. Even more ornery than he was before because he wanted to be ugly to us. And there he was, SOL. And so, right here in the middle of this mess with the virus and my son's being out of work... And just really the hardest time we've ever experienced as a family. We get notified that we apparently have a gray water leak and a septic tank leak that's on his side. That's right there near that property boundary. Well, I don't know how y'all are or where y'all live, but I live in Alabama. And I've lived here a long time. And what happens is you make connections over your life especially if you have the same accent. And so I called my connection, who happens to own a a septic company that does all the pumping and the installation and everything. And that fella is really good friends with a lady that's ever public works. I find out what the exact complaint was, and I find out that some of that is bubbling over on his line. All right, this is not good news. Now, let's keep a couple of things in mind. This fella has our phone number. We are willing to work with this fella. We're all country folk out here. And turning us into public works is the most ugly move he could have done. We could have handled it together. And we don't have the kind of money that we need. We're working on getting it. We're trying to figure out how we're going to borrow it. But a septic tank is not a cheap thing, y'all. It is especially not a cheap thing when you are right in the middle of hell with COVID-19. So this was a real shitty move. So the fella comes out here that we've uh, got the connection with, and he starts to do an assessment. We have already tied off the gray water to go to the septic. It had somehow been cut. Who knows? It's probably been like that for years and years. When we moved in, everything has remained the same as it did during our land survey, having to work with banks the whole nine yards. But because it was going into the woods, we did not notice. And apparently, (laughs) neither did the land surveyor or the bank assessor or anyone, honestly. So we did all the expensive tying in of the gray water. And that's good. And had that go into our septic. And then this nice fellow shows up to assess how to pump the septic tank. All right. Y'all could have knocked me over with a feather when he came back out of there and said, we got a bigger problem. The septic tank is not on your property. So it's on that man's property, not ours. And at first that just felt like my heart was dropping. We could have just done a good pump and try to make sure we could get through a few more years. At least during this crisis, we wouldn't have to do anything. But now we need a whole new septic dug, and I don't know where y'all live, but out here we'll be lucky to get it done for seven, even with my connection. But here's the upshot of the whole damn thing. We are no longer responsible for that septic tank. Why, I'm not even legally allowed to pump it. 
we have to cut the veins off to it and dig a whole new thing on our property. I hope he can uh, deal with what he's left with. It kind of works out in the end. I mean, I've always wanted a nicer septic tank. We were not even looking at assessing this situation, but I've only got one bathroom. I've always wanted another bathroom. But we were just concerned about such an old possible situation, and I was not even considering doing another toilet built anywhere in this house because it wouldn't have been able to sustain itself until this. So this is a horrible surprise. We are probably too poor to own a house because folks who own houses have to replace all the big stuff that goes wrong with it. We have, however, replaced all of our roofing, which was huge. And we have worked on all kinds of other things, updating the electric. There's a lot still to be done. So this was going to wait. And now this is in our lap and we don't have a choice anymore. And that would have been, and kind of was for a minute, one hell of a hit in the gut. And it was caused by S. Hattery, you know, because if he had worked with us and we could be nice, we could have had it pumped. But, you know, we're going to suck it up. We're going to figure out the money one way or the other. We're going to raise that money. I don't know how yet, but we're going to. We only have to May 3rd, apparently. Oh, okay, well. That was before my friend talked to his friend over at the Public Works, but we are doing the right thing, and we've already tied in the gray water, so we just reroute that. It'll be fine. But this fellow's going to be left with one hell of a septic issue, and it's on his land, and it has been from the moment we moved in this house and bought it. So you see how that kind of stuff works out? Sometimes when you're ugly and send bad juju or whatever to someone else, You're the one who's going to take the biggest hit. And sometimes it's a blessing for the one you sent it at. That's what I'd like to talk about. You know, while I will always be just heartbroken that I no longer teach where I taught, and that, yes, it had everything to do with my religion, if you will, if that hadn't happened to me, I would not have been teaching online the way I am when this all happened, when COVID-19 happened. Now, I realize that I could be, you know, I know they went over to that, but I was already secure. I was not, you know, making great money, but I was already in my habitus. I would have never done a podcast. I have been way too busy to do a podcast. I'd have been teaching a lot more classes. I would have needed a really great running car. I'm kind of ready for this because of what happened to me. And while I was always gardening... I was not as self-sufficient as I am now. Over half of the food that we eat, almost three quarters, last year came from our garden. I was ready for this because of something bad that had happened to me. And let's be honest, I'm real good friends with the trees. I've got some, let's say, otherworldly connections too. And when someone is an asshat to me, I don't explain who mine are. I don't share that with anybody. I will never. It will never be broadcast on a blog or a podcast or even just sitting around with a glass of wine. There's really good reason for that. There's no need. And I've always been mistaken for being, well, a bit of a ditz because of the way that I talk and 
some of my refusal to discuss the craft too much. I think some folks might think that I'm not as, um, let's just say that my aptitude is not as high as theirs. And they can think that because every witch gets their own path, y'all. And my path is fairly private. I'm very invested in the idea of secrecy in the craft. So while people think I'm way out there, and of course I am in a lot of ways, y'all are getting my feelings and my day-to-day struggles and the things that give me joy and a lot of my philosophy, but you're not getting my spells. And there's a reason for that. And that's the kind of craft that I practice and I respect my friends who believe otherwise. And maybe that works for them. Y'all dig? But for me, it's very private. So when somebody gets upset with me and wants to hurt me or injure my family, they're kind of shooting in the dark a lot of the times. You know, is that the front door? Or did I just put that up and paint it purple and that's where all the hits land? You, you kind of get where I'm coming from, y'all? Never give away everything. Why, I think there's one or two things my husband doesn't know. I've thought about writing a poem about that. I've always wanted a haint blue door. I just love haint blue. And it speaks to this other side of me that really leans towards African and Caribbean root magic. And the only reason I wouldn't do that to my true magical door is because, yeah, that might keep the haints away. But it sure would put a bullseye on my door for other witches. You feel me? Why, even when something happens between myself and someone that I've loved for a very long time, and I can continue to love them, y'all know I've talked about that. But now I've got new boundaries in the sand, and maybe we can't share tea anymore. I can love them from afar and wish them well, but I will tell y'all what, not everybody's like that. And you tell folks to go away, they will lose their shit and they will try to hurt you. I've seen it happen over and over and over. I'm over here not casting a thing and just moving on with my life. And they're coming completely undone. Uh, You know, that's on them. But even then, when someone I still love and they're acting a fool, they've been around my tribe, they've been around my magic, they know a few things. Well... I'll go ahead and leave that door up, you know? Just, we're still going with the analogy, you know, the haint blue door. I'll go ahead and leave that door up, and I'll rebuild a brand new one in the back 40. They won't know about that door. There's no way to locate it. So, to me, that kind of secrecy is really important. This way, when some kind of astral nasty, asshattery BS comes your way from someone whether it be a neighbor or another witch or just something yucky and slimy that maybe is eons old. There's not a bullseye. And when something hits like that, it hits that trap door or that mm, faux door. And I may still get a bit of a hit, of course, especially if somebody knows you really well. But I'm going to get blessings too. Maybe that's built in. You know, I've thought about that really hard. An old bad friend of mine once said that what they would like to do, I know she hadn't always done it. They may have done it once or twice. 
but I can't judge that anymore because she's grown and I've grown and who the hell knows now. But what she would like to do is just wish everybody blessings. Because when you do that, you get them back yourself. And let karma take care of the rest of it. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't finally one day pick up my little black cat and grab up my little broom. I'll do that. Sometimes that Aries nature. And if I think some of my family's been injured enough, I'll do something about it. I'm also very careful. Anyway, it's up to y'all. And I think we should all do what's most comfortable for us. But there's a reason for secrecy in the craft. It's not just the Bible-thumping Christian that might misunderstand what you're really trying to do, trying to hurt you. Sometimes it's your own kind. So keep that in mind. And the next time somebody hits you with something that's not nice, try to find a way to take that shit they threw at you and make compost. To me, that is one of the best revenges, period. Because you sent me this shit, I now can make flowers, you know. But there's something else, and always remember this to be true. All energy is energy. Yes, it may have a purpose attached to it, I could throw a rock so that I could see a splash in the water. Or I could throw a rock and hit some uppity some bitch in the head. Okay? Now, is that throw necessarily bad? Is the rock necessarily bad? No. No, 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 no. That's just energy. That's just body's rest in motion. What matters is that intent, right? Well, that intent's gonna land one way or the other. But once it does, you have somebody else's energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you block it that hard? <laughs> you know, give it a soft place to land, put a faux door up and paint it hate blue. And then, you know, get up and get your cup of coffee and open that faux door and see what somebody left at your doorstep. Honey, that's a gift. And you look at it like that and you remember how energy works. You're now, well, we'll just say better off. How about that? I mean, right now, if somebody decided to roll my yard, I'd be out there for hours into the wee hours of the evening, pulling it off and re-rolling it, held toilet paper's gold right now, y'all. And the more you think about that, the more you can utilize the negative energy that comes your way and turn it into something profitable, rich, good, find your words here the less anxiety you'll feel. Now, I have anxiety disorder. I've been able to really get on top of it in the last 10 years. But it was bad, honeys. It was bad. I would end up with tunnel vision and nearly pass out driving the car. I would faint teaching a live class. My throat closes down where I don't think I'm able to breathe and then the panic even gets worse. It's horrifying panic disorder, anxiety disorder, whatever is the proper term for it these days. But when I think about the worst that can happen, how would I try to turn that into something good? My anxiety goes down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, here's one more story, and this one's a little bit more complicated. It doesn't seem like it's complicated at first, but it gets that way, okay? So there was a bit of a community garden close to where I live, and I was working over there as well as here, because we didn't have our hot tunnel yet. We didn't have enough land cleared. And y'all, the Cherokee in me wants to grow corn. Oh, so badly. So I would rent it just to grow my corn, you know, and of course, some pumpkins and beans, the three sisters. And there was this lovely, well, okay, I didn't think he was lovely then. But 
lovely, young, bright, intelligent gay man running the whole shebang. He was a student, a graduate student, and a couple of weird things happened. Um, He left a bunch of hay bales out and they were rotten. They were smelly and it looked like they were going into, they were next to the dump. And there were funny rules at the community garden, like you can take this and use it if it's by the garbage can. So this was sort of the case. And we took a bunch of it, just, I guess, two rows of it and scattered it over our corn so that we have that nice layer to protect corn seed. And he was right ugly. He was really, really bad with email. And he came off right ugly at me and kind of accused me of stealing. Here it was laying by the giveaway plot, and it was rotted, and I didn't know. And he hadn't bought it. It had been left there the year before by someone. And anyway, I didn't like his tone, and it popped me off. And so I wrote to his supervisor, and we ended up in this three-way phone conversation, and suddenly all understood each other. And oh my goodness, looking back, what a funny way to begin such a great friendship. But He wrote to me about a week or two later and said that he needed to learn how to write emails that don't seem so aggressive. And I said, I would be happy to help you with that. (laughs) And so I did. By the end of that growing season, I had all these butternut squash and he was out there and I gave him and his partner two butternut squash, big, gorgeous butternut squash. And I told them they were heirloom, and they were, and they were not um, crossbred, so they were good stuff. And he saved that seed for three generations, y'all. He would plant it and then save the seed and then plant it. So they were three generations and heirloom from mine. And now I want y'all to know right now that we're great friends. And he moved on to the Carolinas somewhere, and we became wonderful friends. You know, we started as bad neighbors, and we ended up great friends. I put up online the other day that I can't find seed that much anymore. Um, I went to Baker Creek. I went to Southern Exposure, two of my favorite places to go. And both of them had this big banner up. Now, I don't know if it's still there. I would have to go look real quick. But that said, they're not shipping seeds there. People have just swarmed seeds. And in a lot of ways, that's great. That's great. But if you don't know what you're doing, y'all, some seeds don't last till the next year very well. And you just need to get what you need for yourself and then save your food. So anyway, I was bitching. I had not grown butternut this last year. I'd focused on Seminole pumpkin. Please look into that. It's a very hard pumpkin on the outside. On the inside, it's delightful. And squash bugs don't get to it. And you don't have to use BT or anything, honey. So look into that. But I had not grown butternut. And I put up on Facebook that I was sad about not growing butternut because I couldn't find any seeds. And now I was going to have to go a year without it. And this little sweetheart wrote on my page and said, I have saved your seeds. And I can send back the descendants of the ones you gave me. Now look at that. The reason this is complicated is it started off shitty and then I found a way to make it better. I found a way to turn it around. I decided to help him learn how to write better emails and I gave him some butternut squash as a gift, never knowing that 
COVID-19 would hit one year and I wouldn't have those seeds and he would be the one to send them back to me. So I don't know what y'all are dealing with and you may not be dealing with anything like anything I've discussed, but if someone's being shitty to you, if there's a way to turn that into gold, do it. You know, let's not have wasted time, y'all. And if there's not, at least you can't make good friends with them and you have to cut all ties then if they hit you with bad energy, let let them hit the fake door. Y'all, don't let them hit your real life. Keep something secret. Keep the projects that are the most precious to your heart and are like little baby seedlings. Keep them out of the wind, out of the wind and the storms. If you've got a real project, something that somebody could come along and fuck up, you don't need to be talking about that too much, okay? You can kind of keep that low. Throw up another door. You know, the door that says you're going to be selling funny hats. Let them hit that door. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good trick. You know, it hurts no one and maybe they'll leave compost for you. All right, I'd love to just chat with y'all all day long. However, I have got so much to do today. I've got dinner to cook and a live meeting with my tribe I've got to get done somehow. We've never done technology with our meetings. It's sort of uh, antithetical to what we do. So, But I've got two members who are just literally starved for something delicious, and we're going to have to do that for them. So to do all that, I'm going to have to let y'all go. Um, I've got new baby chicks. I've got, ooh, blue kale growing. Ooh, it's pretty. I'll look that up. I've said I'm sorry twice today, and that's really important to me, learning how to say that a lot. And the sun is a shining, and the kids are out there playing in the yard. I know they're in their 20s, but when I look out there, what my heart sees are little boys playing, and they're huge men. Either way, take shit, turn it to gold. Love y'all like chicken. See y'all next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.